When productivity meets party with your girl, Party Perry, are you ready to turn, 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 turn up your happiness, turn up your success and everything in between. Learn how to have fun while getting all your stuff done. Grab the word solo cup and a pen because we are about to party. Yeah, yeah, you ain't ready for this. Ah, ah, you ain't ready for this. What is up, party squad? My name is Perry Richardson. I'm a business and social media coach. And every single week I get turned up for you, turning up your happiness and turning up your success. Welcome to another episode of Productivity Meets Party. Welcome to episode 43. Today, I have an incredible guest on the podcast. I have my student, Jade. Today, we are talking about her story about starting her own side hustle while working two jobs and being a student. How to lead by example so you can inspire others to work towards their dreams, overcoming self-doubt and getting comfortable with failure. I'm so happy to have Jade on the podcast. She is absolutely amazing and I'm so glad to share her story. She recently graduated. So congratulations, girl. And I'm so excited to share her story because I feel like a lot of us are in the stage of being students and just graduating, really going into our first like adult job and also still wanting to create a business that is close to your heart and that you're truly passionate about. And so her having an adult job and having a side hustle that she truly enjoys. If you're loving the podcast, go ahead, hit that subscribe button so you never miss the party. If you've gained any insight or any inspiration, please share it on your story. Tag the podcast at Proactivity Meets Party. Tag your girl at Party Perry and make sure that you do tag Jade, Drizzy Jade. Let her know that you found her with the podcast. Tell her what is up. You guys can also write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you guys have two minutes out of your day, please support your girl. It would mean mean so much to me if you just took two minutes to leave a review on the podcast. And if you don't have two minutes, I know you got two seconds. Just tap the five stars, tap to rate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It just takes two seconds. So please support your girl. Please support her. So I think I got the leave a review, follow the podcast, share it on your story, do all the things, do all the things. I do have an announcement and a see a chug, send a chug before we jump into the episode. All right, so if you don't know what you're doing, Side Hustle School is now open for an enrollment. It's my new business coaching program. You will launch your side hustle in 90 days or less. 90 days or less, I teach you everything about creating a perfect offer, pricing, how to online market on Instagram and Facebook, and really be comfortable selling your offer and being comfortable with putting yourself out there and being confident in yourself. I teach you how to get over self-doubt and failure. We also go over like the legalness, the logistics, so business license, trademarks, copyrights, and we also go over some finances. Also, I do have a special guest um, who's going to speak to you, Karina Angel. She's one of my students. She's going to talk to you guys all about collaborations and relationships. So we have a special guest um, with Side Hustle School. So go to partyperry.com forward slash Side Hustle School. It will also be in the description box, but go ahead, register for that. If you have any questions, you're more than welcome. You can direct message me at Party Perry, um, or you can email me at Party 
Perry at gmail.com. I would love to answer any questions that you have. All right. So my see a chug, send a chug in my party foul moment of the week. So my see a chug, send a chug has been such a great um, week this week. Last week, um, I had a new podcast cover art revealed to you guys. And I didn't think that I would have the cover art like done before last week's episode dropped. But after talking to you guys, I did the podcast. I was just so motivated and inspired to like keep working and keep writing for you guys. So I made the podcast cover art. So that's the new, that's the Sea Chugs in a Chug new cover art. Who dis? Who dis? We stepping it up. We looking good. We looking good. I'm super excited with the new cover because I do think is going to like attract new people to the podcast and just like my podcast cover before was not professional I had like my titties out I had like pasties on but like I just wanted to start the podcast I just picked a photo in my camera roll went on Canva put some shit like put some text on the cover photo and just kept it moving kept it popping and 43 well I guess 42 episodes because last week was the the opening and the reveal. Um, I finally have the podcast cover that I really does. Like, I really think the podcast truly deserves. So I'm super excited to have the new podcast cover. If you love the podcast cover, please share it on your story. Let me see it. I would love your feedback, but my really good friend at Kennedy, her stuff is also in the description box. Um, her Instagram is free relief and she's a Las Vegas photographer. So go hit her up. If you live in Las Vegas, if you're coming, her work is amazing, but she helped me completely do my rebranding photo. So all the photos, that you've seen my instagram or facebook and all the promo for side hustle school um they were taken by her yes my party foul of the week is it's not really a party foul um if you haven't gotten like the message the memo of the party foul it's just like shit happens but you reevaluate and you keep going you keep pushing we're either winning or we're learning winning or learning um but <laughs> I had the whole like podcast plan up until March. Like, I had my first quarter of the podcast done. I knew exactly what I was doing. I had guests booked. Everything was fantastic. And then an incredible opportunity happened to me. iHeartRaves reached out to me to do a podcast episode about Black History Month and just Black history in the EDM dance community. And how could you say no? How could you say no? When I heart raves call you, you just drop everything and you do what they say. So they asked me to do a episode on Black History Month, which will be airing next week, just a day early, because every day is Black History Month. But I actually decided that I wanted to showcase Black voices the whole month of February. So next week, I'm going to have an episode all about Black culture in the EDM dance community. And then the whole month of February, you will have um, Black guests and Black voices on the podcast. I d it just feels so good to me. I'm so happy that I'm doing this. Um, it just feels it just feels right. So I'm super blessed to have amazing guests. I'm going to have three black voices on the podcast in February. I do need one solo episode. So I'm going to be the very last episode of February, closing it out with black history. I'm super excited to share um, all black female voices next month. So it's not really a party foul at all. It's absolutely amazing. But yes, I'm so excited about that. 
All right, let's get into the episode. Thank you, Jade, for coming on the podcast. I love you so much. And your journey is just so incredible. I love seeing all your growth. And you've really just had such a transformation um, in the past four months working together. And I'm so excited to see all the beautiful things that you do. And remember that this is just the beginning. All right, party squad, let's air this conversation. What's up, Party Squad? I'm here with a really special guest today. I have Jade on the podcast. She is one of my students, and she is an amazing business owner, content creator, and I feel like we've gotten really close the past couple of months, so I'm super excited to have her on and for her to share her story and inspire you guys today. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the podcast, Perry. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Of course, of course. All right, so who are you and what do you do? So my name is Jade. Um, I'm about to be 23. I'm originally from California. Um, What do I do? Well, I'm a raver, obviously. Um, But professionally, I'm an engineering psychologist. Um, I'm going to be working with the Air Force. I haven't started yet, um, but I start this month. So that's really exciting. Um, But I'm also a self-taught designer and seamstress. Nice. Super cool. I didn't know that you were doing the Air Force. I had no idea. Yeah. So I'm not going to be working in the Air Force. So I'm not like enlisted or anything, but I'm going to be working with the Department of Defense. So kind of working on like secret projects and stuff. So I'm really excited. Nice. How um, did you get into that? Is that something that you always wanted to do? Um, so originally growing up, I really wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but my parents kind of told me that was super saturated. Um, and it was, you know, there's just a lot of people that want to be lawyers, but I knew I wanted to get a minor in psychology. And, you know, my, my parents kind of were just like, don't get your degree in just psychology. Like we want you to do some sort of engineering. And of course I'm not good with math or science, like super like intense stuff. So, um, I actually found, this program called human factors psychology and it's basically like a form of um engineering but it's definitely like a lot less math and science based but obviously Mm. like you have like the science like psychology and cognitive psych and all that kind of stuff um but yeah I mean it's something that I really like to do um I eventually would like to get my PhD in like neuroscience or something and maybe work for like some big company like Apple or Tesla and something like that. That'd be really awesome. Nice. Oh yeah, you can do it. I love that you're in STEM. So that's awesome. Yes. Woman in STEM. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What inspired you to create your own um, rave brand? Um, Okay. So this is actually like a pretty long story. So when I was really young, my mom, that was like maybe in like second grade, my mom got me this fashion book. It was like a fashion designing book. And I loved it so much. I brought it to school with me every day. And it basically had like these little like body figures that you would use to like draw fashion on them and stuff. And like, I just fell in love with it. And I told my parents I wanted to be a fashion designer. Obviously that didn't happen. I mean, I guess I am a fashion designer in my own way, but I really want to go to like fashion school and that kind of stuff. But um, I didn't end up doing that. But that was kind of like my first taste of, wow, like 
this is something that I really love. And I remember one day in kindergarten, my mom let me dress myself for the first time. And I remember, remember picking out my outfit and being like, I look like a little fashionista. And so, you know, I kind of always had this like really passion for fashion, I guess you would say. And I guess growing up, I never really truly pursued it. Um, not until my first EDC, which was EDC Orlando 2019. It was going to be my first festival ever. I'd only been to like maybe like two shows to like two or three raves before that, but they weren't anything super big. And I knew that I had to go out with a bang. Like I wanted to be like the most extra girl out there. So I, I really love to support small businesses, people that create unique and original clothing. And my whole, my whole idea for EC 2019 was I didn't want to match with anyone. I didn't want to wear the same outfit as anyone. And so I spent hours upon hours looking at these small businesses, trying to find like pieces, like custom pieces, or just like outfits that they had that they weren't selling like a lot of. And so I spent hundreds upon hundreds of dollars trying to buy like, you know, like original clothing from small businesses. And my next, um, my next festival was Forbidden Kingdom. And I actually wanted to make myself my own outfit that time. And I was in Joann's, which is where every seamstress starts. <laughs> um, and I'm like looking at fabric and stuff. And this lady is next to me and she asked me what I'm going to be creating. And so I kind of like showed her like a picture of the kind of idea that I wanted to create. And she was actually a designer and seamstress herself. And she told mm -hmm. me that she actually would make me something. And so she actually lived wow. near me and stuff. So she basically bought all the fabrics and stuff. And she designed me something. So I'd go over and get fitted and that kind of stuff. And after, after she finished everything, she shipped it to me in Florida. And I just fell in love with it. I was like, oh my gosh, like to see someone like take fabric and create it into something so beautiful and custom specifically for me, it was so special wearing that to a music festival. And I would say that all those events inspired me to want to create my own rave fashion, you know, like one, it's, you know, I'm not spending hundreds upon hundreds of dollars upon like buying, um, like a lot of rave wear. Of course, I love to support small businesses and buy rave wear every now and then, but I love mm -hmm. to create myself my own thing. So that's mainly what I wear to festivals. Um, so that's kind of why I created my own rave brand. It was, it was kind of, I was kind of inspired by all those things. Yeah. I love all those like series of events of you yeah. just being young. I think I know what you're talking about. I feel like my mom also gave me a book that you could like design clothes yeah. and you could like cut them out <laughs> and like pin them on those people. Yes. I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so funny. I remember <laughs> I used to like do those on like airplane rides. And just be like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> like just to like keep yourself busy. <laughs> uh -huh. So I love that you've always had like a passion for fashion mm -hmm. and then just meeting that lady in like Joann's was kind of just like a meant to be moment it really was though yeah no that was that was definitely a point in my life that was kind of like the stepping stone into me entering the world of fashion because she kind of inspired me and in watching kind of seeing like how she sewed stuff kind of helped me in the way of knowing how I should start sewing stuff hmm I like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I think too, like when you meet someone and they are doing something that you didn't even know that was like possible or like yeah. you've kind of thought of the idea, but you're like, wow, like they're really like doing it and like 
putting it out there, putting themselves out there, creating mm-hmm. stuff. It really does like yeah. inspire you to be like, you know what? Like I could do this too. Like, let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. And like, shout out to like all the other, like Bravewear um, brand owners. Like it was also inspiring seeing small small raveware businesses that I was buying from it's like either it's just like a one woman or male guy show Mm. um or it's just like multiple people and it's like a micro factory and so that stuff is really cool it shows you that anyone can do it it's not just like big corporations that are doing it Mm -hmm. yeah I like that yeah anyone can do it for sure if you have the heart and passion for it you can figure out anything exactly I also like how you mentioned that you didn't go to fashion school. I think that's inspiring because I think a lot of people get held back of being like, well, I need to like go to school first and like pay thousands of dollars, but you could totally be self-taught. Like I'm a self-taught business owner. Like I didn't really know too much about like finances or getting like a business license, but I went to the University of Google and then I <laughs> figured shit out. So. Exactly. I think I think everyone can start somewhere. Um, like obviously, like practice makes perfect. When I first started sewing, oh my gosh, I thought I was like really proud when I first like got my first sewing machine and I started sewing, but I didn't really know properly how to piece um like fabric together. And after mm-hmm. like a year of progress, I compare what I've sewed first like one of the first pieces I ever sewed to my creations now and there's a significant difference like it looks so much better and everything was self-taught but I will say that it is really hard to find motivation to start unless like you seriously are driven to do it Mm -hmm. yeah I agree 100 Mm percent I know that your business is currently closed what is the name because I don't want to say it wrong it's Drizzy Threads Apparel. Okay, Drizzy Dreads Apparel. Yeah. I know that currently it is closed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you plan to reopen it? Um, so I'm planning on reopening it January 17th. Okay, so coming up soon. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm really excited. I have <laughs> I have a bunch of people that are um lining up for orders for Okeechobee. And mm. so <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a very fruitful year for my business. Yeah. Yeah. I love those thoughts for sure. Mm-hmm. What um, plans do you have? Do you um, only do customs? So when I first initially started, I tried, I tried to make it very like, um, like I would put out a set, like a couple sets and then like see if people are going to buy them and stuff. And like that was doing okay, but I more so got messages of people wanting customs. And I I would say my customs do a lot better than like selling like just like a set that's just out there for anyone to buy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more special for people to receive a custom because obviously like it's like specifically measured out for for their bodies it like has like all the like tasteful things that they like on it and mm-hmm. so I think I'm really going to focus on customs this year um mainly because that's like I guess that's where the money is for me um <laughs> I like specialize in like rave couple fits and I think that's really what blew up my co- my um business was my boyfriend and I our first um outfits that we had worn that was a couple outfits was to abduction and I had posted this picture right after abduction that we had took and it got like 900 likes and I was like so shocked because I had gotten a ton of followers and stuff because of that because I guess they're really I guess nowadays 
I, I've seen some companies trying to focus on rave, rave couple fits now, but I was like one of the few companies that really focused on trying to do both men's and women's wear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to stick with customs, but then maybe possibly put out a few sets here and there. I also want to get into working on accessories a bit more as well in my free time. It really just depends on how much free time I have. Once I kind of start my new job, then I'll kind of know better from there. Mm-hmm. I was stalking your Instagram today and I, <laughs> I know exactly what photo you're talking about because I have it liked and saved. I was like, oh my gosh, like I totally remember seeing that photo. You guys were like in a bathroom selfie. Yes, yes. I, was like, yes. I totally remember seeing that on the explore and being like, holy shit, send it to Doug. Like we need this. And it's recent too, um, rave brands like now incorporating like men fashion, but I think there is a need for it because there's just like I heart raves and like into the AM. And I think guys do want to also like stand out. Yeah, and be exactly. Different, yeah. Exactly. And it's pretty hard to find like, like obviously as a girl, like I want to find a fit that's like super out there, super cool. Like I don't like to match with other people. So when I find an outfit, it's hard to like want to match with your boyfriend because sometimes that company doesn't have like a matching fit for him. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's such like a nice conversational piece when people come up to me and my boyfriend and are like, oh my God, I love that you guys are matching mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. It's also like a great way for me to promote my business because that's when I hand out business cards is because people are like, oh my God, where'd you get that matching fit? <laughs> mm, yeah, nice. Hey, I love that. Like, here you go. Here's my business card. I recently <laughs> exactly. got business cards for myself too and if people come up to me and just start chatting I'm like well it has my um it's a QR code to my website so I'm like here's my website and my Instagram like follow me so that's been cool guys get some business cards and promote yourself exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's useful Mm -hmm. yeah I do want to talk about time. You mentioned it. How do you manage time with working on your business? And then congratulations, you just graduated with school and being in a relationship. It's hard to juggle Mm -hmm. one of those things. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) How do you um, manage your time? I would say, man, it really is. It's a job in itself trying to manage all that stuff. Um, I will say that just you don't want to overwhelm yourself and that was something I had realized early on it really it really only hit me this past semester when I was in school you know I was working two jobs I was also full-time student working on this business as well and then you know trying to manage my relationship with my boyfriend and also my relationships with my friends I will say I did slack a little bit this past semester like hanging out with friends Um, but it really was just a semester focusing on myself you know I was going to graduate I just wanted to like you know make my money and like Mm. do what I needed to do but I did have to cut back on some things for myself, like things that I was involved in, because I just personally felt overwhelmed. So I would say that that's like the main thing when it comes to managing time is you don't want to commit to too many things because it's, it's going to bite you in the butt later on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's where boundaries come in play and really, um, 
learning how to say no. And because exactly. I'm the same, like I will say yes and take all these opportunities and my calendar is full. And I'm like, why did you do this to yourself? Like, why do you exactly. have three things back to back? And just knowing um, that you can say no and being comfortable with it. Yeah, you, you need to know your personal limits and that if an opportunity is missed, there's going to be so many more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I like that. Yes, now. I want to talk about um, having like fear and kind of like imposter syndrome. Because I know. Too real. Too real. Right. Yeah. (laughs) When you first launched your business, like how did you get over the hump of. I know like a lot of people are scared, like, well, no one's going to buy stuff from me. Like who would even want this? Like, how did you get over those thoughts to put yourself out there and start the business? It honestly took me a couple months before I really decided to go through with it. Um, I was having those thoughts a lot. I kind of thought that, well, maybe I would start the business and then I want to give up. I'm very much the person that I start something and then I lose interest. But so that was that was a constant thought that was going through my head or will people even buy my stuff? Am I even good enough to sew that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. And I think the support with my friends, my friends are the ones that really pushed me to do it. They said, I think I think you can make something great. And so I would say having supportive friends, people that, you know, want to back your business and will like help, like basically um, push out your business for you is your greatest I would say it's the greatest thing you could have like to start off yeah I like that the support of friends and I think like at the end of the day like just go for it you never know what may happen like with my business I was just like I'm just gonna see I'm just gonna put it out there and then and ended up you know coaching now like over yeah. like 20 like women and being like the freedom reaver social media coach mm-hmm. and just kind of just having all these opportunities fall in my lap one mm-hmm. would say but they they wouldn't have fallen if I didn't put myself yeah. out yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah no um you know I'm very big on the saying that you'll never know unless you try mm-hmm. and even if it failed you know it's still even if my business like failed, like nobody wanted to buy anything from me, it's still a really useful skill like to have to sew things. Like I came back home and my parents were like, here, can you sew this for me? <laughs> and so like, it's just like something that, you know, you, you got to put yourself out there. If you don't do that, then you're not going to get any opportunities that you want to. Yeah, I agree. I love how like, even if you do like fail, just think about all the lessons that you will learn mm-hmm. and all the skill sets mm-hmm. that you could take for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. agree. What do you think is the most challenging thing in your business? Okay, I will I will mention two things. The number one thing, which is surprising, is like honestly sizing, sizing clothes for people. And mm-hmm. I feel I, I don't know if it's like just me or if it's just like a like like an unspoken thing in you know among designers and seamstresses, but it's really hard to like get perfect sizing down like among all sizes and that's why I recommend whenever someone buys like something custom for me or just even if they just want like a regular outfit that's on my website if they want something that fits them like very specifically even if they're a size small like send me the measurements because it it helps Mm. me 
it saves me time. It like makes my turnaround time so much faster because I'm not sitting there trying to measure out everything's like based on a guesstimate of what people people's sizes are. So I will say that that's the hardest thing for me. And that's something that I really want to improve upon. Like that's, that's a huge reason why I don't release like pants or shorts or that kind of stuff. Like I release like regular rave bottoms and stuff, but like pants and shorts are really hard to size out for people because everybody has different size thighs, calves, like hips and that kind of stuff. And, and like butts too, you know, like every, like everybody has a different size, butt, Mm -hmm. and so it becomes really hard to kind of like, like push out like new products if it's hard to size them out. And so I would say that that's the most challenging thing for me. The second thing would definitely be being consistent on social media. I've honestly thought about like hiring someone to take care of my social media for me. Um, Just like post like three times a week, like I already have the posts or whatever, but it's hard for me to stay consistent when I'm also trying to say stay consistent on my own personal profile because it it is a lot of work being a content creator and so Mm -hmm. when you have another business that you also need to be creating content for and posting three times a week four times a week whatever it becomes a lot and so I would say that that's definitely really hard Mm. I definitely agree like I'm going to piggyback with both of those the sizing for sure because like I could even go in the same store like a small may fit me differently in like a tank top or like a long Mm -hmm. sleeve like I feel totally understand like the sizing Mm -hmm. because I get different sizes all the time (laughs) with like companies Mm -hmm. and then it is hard to stay consistent um, especially running multiple accounts I do like slack on the podcast account because I'm just like so focused like on my personal one and like trying to get growth on my personal account but it is something that managing time batching content but it is definitely hard to try to grow two accounts for sure yeah yeah it's a lot of work honestly yeah. <laughs> and it, it can become draining if you spend too much time like on social media because you're trying to work on both mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we got one more session together. So that's what we're going to talk about is okay. <laughs> really marketing the business. Let's do it. I do want to talk about um, coaching and mm-hmm. I was going through our notes and stuff from our very first session. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that your weaknesses were really understanding reels and the motivation to create content. Are those still your weaknesses? I will say definitely not. Um, understanding reels. I, I, <laughs> I hate reels so much because we've talked about this all the time. Every time we have a session, I complain to you about why reels isn't working this time. Um, I definitely understand how reels works now. And I know that they're just awful to use. You should be using an external app like Splice or something to make them. Um, But I will say like, you know, now I definitely understand how to use them when it comes to motivation it took me, I feel like it personally took me a really long time to feel motivated. Um, and I think that was a huge reason why I kind of got the coaching done was because I didn't really know where to start. And I kind of needed that motivation from someone to keep going. And it really didn't hit me until after I graduated. And that might have been because I felt super overwhelmed with school and I didn't feel like I really had a lot of time to commit to social media. But now that, now that I'm out of school, like, I, I love staying consistent on social media. I love interacting and engaging with people. So I would say that those definitely aren't my weaknesses anymore. 
Yay, good. I love to hear that. I know before we started this conversation, Jade has like story highlights now and she's yes. shuffling. It looks really good. <laughs> Thank you. Everything's really good. Um, how do you find motivation to create context? I think that is the biggest struggle for content creators, influencers, whatever you want to call us, is really just being like, all right, let's start making content. So how do you find the motivation to get it done? I think, so I think there's two things. One is confidence, like your own personal confidence. When I create content, I obviously, you know, you have to put in work to like get ready and all that kind of stuff. You have to put the look together. You have to buy the stuff. But when it comes to actually taking pictures, I feel so hot. I feel so confident in myself. And I think like, as like, you know, personally right now, like I've been trying to go to the gym more often. I've been personally feeling a lot more confident just in general. And whether that just be, I'm going to the gym more often, or like, I'm just like putting myself out there more so on social media, my confidence has gone up so much and it makes me want to create content and makes me want to post stuff. And, um, the next thing, I would definitely say, um, oh my gosh, I just lost it. Um, Inspiration, you know, Mm -hmm. inspiration to others. You know, like the one thing I told you, Perry, was to start posting those hooping videos. And then she did. And um, we actually had a conversation yesterday about um, how me telling her to start posting hooping videos, you know, inspired someone to leave a comment on her hooping video. And I think that's really what it's all about is using social media for good. You know that when you go on social media, when you create your content, if you're using it as for a good cause um, on your platform, then you're going to be inspiring someone to also do something of the same kind. And so I think that that's the really rewarding thing of um, doing that kind of stuff. And actually motivating you to create your content Mm -hmm. yeah I love both of those the confidence for sure Mm -hmm. um when you just love yourself when you love your body like of course you want to take photos of yourself Mm -hmm. and get cute and like put on makeup and I definitely agree like going to the gym and just eating healthy and maybe not actually like going to the gym but you just moving your body like I've been a thought that I've been telling myself to get me to go to the gym is a healthy body is a healthy mind Mm -hmm. and I'm just like that's just so true like I always um just feel so good after a workout you know exactly yeah I'll like drive there and like I don't want to do this but leaving it, it just it's so rewarding it is yeah no like your body is your temple and like today is a great day to start doing it and like you deserve to feel good every day mm-hmm. and so it, it's a nice thing to feel confident in that kind of stuff yeah I love that I'm gonna take that quote today is a great day to start yes <laughs> yeah that's awesome and then um being inspiring and then the motivation part like I've been like going back and forth with my niche. I feel like everyone's like, Perry, just make up your mind. So like, (laughs) I totally understand people are like, I don't know what to post. Like I'm going through it right now. At first I was really confident of what I was posting, but now I'm changing my identity. So now I'm like questioning myself, which is okay. Mm -hmm. I guess the more questions you ask, the more clear that you get. But I was really, um, didn't want to post hooping videos. And then you were like, girl, like, what are you doing? You should post them. Mm -hmm. And then I posted one last night. 
and I got such great response. Um, the girl that commented on my post, like I met her when I was like 19. It's been like six, like seven years since I've mm -hmm. even talked to that girl. And just the fact that she took the time to be like, yes, girl, like get it, get it. And she was even like, I remember when you first like started, like you're so good now. So it's nice to, um, I guess get complimented by other people. Like when mm -hmm. you do, it's nice um, when you do something that you get a good response. Yeah. Yeah. From it. I mean, if mm -hmm. you're talented, then you should definitely be showing it off. You know, like hooping is hard. Like as someone that's learning how to hoop, man, I did not realize how hard it really is. Like you watch these people at festivals and shows and they're just like, they're going, they're going hard with their hoops. And you're like, wow, that looks so easy. And then you actually try to do it. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually really hard. I was watching your, watching your video. I was like, man, like, that's crazy. I'm like watching you and trying to like do the moves too. <laughs> Thank you. What's your favorite type of flow that you are doing right now? Ooh, um, I would definitely say um, using my whip. Um, that's something that I just feel like really comfortable, like moving my body with. Like, I just love watching the whip like sparkles because I have the sparkle whip. Mm -hmm. um, shout out Glow FX. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love the way it looks when I'm using it. Like, I feel like a little fairy princess whenever I'm using it. It's just so beautiful. So that's definitely like my that. favorite. But I think once I get better with the hoop and I buy myself a really nice LED hoop, like that's the end goal <laughs> is to get a really nice LED hoop. I think that might be my favorite, but I'm not sure I still got a long way to go with my with my hoop. I'm on week two now using it. So <laughs> yeah, you could um, have another little highlight. Hoop yes. Movie. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Yes. How did you create your story highlight? I like the image that's on there. Um, I went on Canva. And I just like found, um, I just looked up dancing as like a graphic and mm -hmm. I found that little like girl that's dancing. And then I just changed the color of the background of the image to like a pink and then mm -hmm. just put her on top. And then I just like cropped it to be a circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Canva is the way to go. That's how I, I made love all Canva my story so highlights. Yeah. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great, um, not, yeah, but I you guess gotta they, get Canva pro though. Like that, yeah. that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. it, it's worth it. Um, it really the is. Seven, eight dollars for sure. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most valuable thing that you gained out of coaching? I would say the most valuable thing, I would say things, because I would say it's knowledge, because there was so much stuff I had learned, not just about Instagram itself, but like about myself as well while going through coaching and kind of figuring out my specific niche and what I want to be putting on social media. And, you know, I've learned so much through coaching, like how to create a reel, like different things about stories, about looking at my insights, engaging with people and that kind of stuff. And I would say that that's definitely the most valuable thing. Cause if I didn't know any of that, then I genuinely wouldn't really know what I'd be doing right now. Mm -hmm. I think to um, knowledge and clarity is what gives you confidence. Like if you know how to do it, like, of course, you're going to be confident with creating that content and being mm -hmm. confident enough to post post it because you know that it's good. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think all that knowledge, like now I'm really putting it to use now that like I have like time and stuff. And I'm really seeing 
results with it. And it's rewarding to see the results after gaining all that knowledge from coaching. Yay. Good. What did you learn about yourself? I kind of, I learned, you know, I learned the good and the bad things about myself. I learned that, that sometimes I prevent myself from going the extra mile. And I mean that in the way that sometimes you know, we talked about motivation. I was really unmotivated for a while to like, you know, stay consistent on Instagram. It was like, I wouldn't say that there were excuses, but like, I just, I think I felt overwhelmed with how much I was doing. And now that like, I'm not doing school anymore, like it's definitely cleared up a bit, but I would say that I was almost unmotivating myself for a little bit. And the thing that I did learn about myself was that, that I, I can do anything if I really put my mind to it. And it really just means I have to crawl out of my own hole that I've dug myself. And Mm -hmm. once, once I do that, then I'm really capable of doing anything. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like getting yourself like out of the hole that I think, yeah, we all create um, holes for ourselves. We create stories for ourselves of why we're not good enough or why we shouldn't put ourselves out there. And I think um, there's this quote, it's self-doubt kills more dreams than mm-hmm. failure ever will, something like that. And like, yeah. it's so true. Like, so pe- so many people are just so scared to put themselves out there and they just keep digging, you know, themselves a hole. And then you trying to get rid of self-doubt and having positive self-talk is just going to be harder for you to like try to climb your way up if you've just been in the ditch the whole time yeah yeah and then something I also learned was you really do you know sometimes you have those points in your life where you feel like you have low self-esteem that you don't really have a lot of confidence but that was something that I thought I had for a while was like low self-esteem like I didn't feel comfortable like posting my face on my stories like I would post like a selfie every now and then but like actually like sit down record a video be like what's up to my followers kind of like give them like a little spiel about my life like what's going on and that kind of stuff I didn't think I had it in me but obviously you kind of pushed me towards doing that you're like you can do it like it's gonna be like it's gonna be really special to your followers that like you're showing your face more And I think once I started doing that, I've been feeling significantly, weirdly, significantly more confident in life as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think just like putting myself really out there has also like elevated certain parts in my life as well. So it's not just social media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Something that I've learned being a coach and getting coached myself. I'm always a student, always learning Mm -hmm. is like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I totally see that. Like if you're able to like get goofy and comfortable, like in your room, just talking to a camera, like you're able to gain confidence to be goofy and like meet new people and, you know, really just be confident in yourself. I'm definitely the more I show my face and being like, what's up party squad? Like, how are you? Yeah. Like it, it, it excites me to want to show up for them more and like make relationships with people. And every time I show my face, like uh, someone always messages me like, thank you. Like, I appreciate you compared to me just like posting, like I listened to the song and this is like a motivational quote. Like when I actually 
I think when people really hear your voice in your facial or see your facial expressions, they feel that connection with you. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I would say that when you're following someone on Instagram and you don't personally know each other and like, you just kind of see each other's posts, but never really meet in real life or kind of like hear their voice, kind of see their actions with their body. Mm -hmm. It's very different compared to when someone does do that. I think it, it makes things more special between the friendship that you've created online. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think because um, I have a lot of people that approach me on events and I think it's because I make myself approachable online. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't look like, like, oh my God, like, I think that's her. Like, I don't know if I want to say like, hi, like, it's really mm-hmm. just like, I really pride my like following as like a community and we're just all there together. I love that. that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I've never asked this question before, but why me as a coach? What attracted you to me? So I've been following you for like a long time. Like I think maybe like two, two and a half years. Um, You actually followed me first. I remember like I... I don't, this was like when I first like started getting into EDM, you had followed me and I followed you. So I've been like watching your account grow, like since you had like maybe like seven, like six, 7,000 followers. I remember when you announced you had 10K, it was like awesome. Aww. I was really happy for you. Um, and then I, I remember you posting that you were going to do coaching and that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And of course, like that would be something like I'd be interested in. But like at the time, I didn't really have the money. But then once I started having the money, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to support her. And like, I also want, you know, it's having you as a coach versus someone else that's just like a social media coach as well. I feel like the big difference is that your your niche is raves. So you know exactly what my demographic is looking for. And so you can guide me better than someone that is just like a general social media manager, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's kind of why, like, you know, I wanted to one, support you it's for a small business, but also, I also knew that you could help me, I guess, give me knowledge on the demographic that I was specifically trying to aim for, for my content. Yay. Good, good. I love that. I followed you first. I tell a lot of people, like if you want engagement, if you want followers, you got to put in the work, you got to follow people, you got to engage people. And just the fact that I followed you first, you watched me for a while for two years, I pitched an offer and you bought from me, like you, you supported my business. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So it just like really shows the power of you follow someone and maybe like two years from now like they may actually buy from you like don't be scared to follow and engage because you never know what may happen with that yes exactly I love that yeah is there any other last minute thoughts that you would like to share with the party squad (laughs) (laughs) I love that you follow the party squad it's so cute um if you're looking to get coaching like and you're like niches and raves like I 100% like recommend the coaching program it's personally helped me you know like I said it's helped me in all aspects of my life it's helped me with my confidence um like as a person you know online with my business and that kind of stuff and it's really given me the tips and tricks to 
make my content grow. Like I've, I've, I'm like so happy watching my account grow in the last month. Like it's been growing exponentially and I'm like happy with everything that I'm posting. And, you know, I would say, Perry, you've done such a great job as a coach, like guiding me and like letting me know exactly like what I not necessarily like what I should be posting, but giving me a direction on what type of rave content I should focus on. So 100% recommend. Oh, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Cause as a human having a, you know, human brain, sometimes I get in my head too. And I'm like, am I coaching right? Are people getting results? I think I'm doing it right. So it means a lot. So thank you for boosting my confidence today and letting me know that you're getting results. I love that for you. Hell yeah. Fuck it up. (laughs) Hell yes. (laughs) This is a question that I ask all the guests. What does productivity means mean? Whoa, what does productivity <laughs> meets party mean to you? How are you able to have fun and get all your stuff done? So basically it just means to me that once you put in all the work that you need to put in, it's it's really gonna be rewarding in the end, which is like the party part, you know? Like mm-hmm that was something I didn't want to do for a really long time. You know, like I was unmotivated. I didn't really want to put in all the work. Like I just thought it was like a lot, like, you know, before I even started the coaching, I would post maybe four or five times a year. And yeah, so I would post like a lot. And then when Perry told me, she said, well, you got to be posting. Like, how much do you want to be posting? I said, well, maybe like once a week. And she said, oh, girl, that's not enough. You need to be doing three times a week. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, that's so much. Like, that was something totally different to me. And so, you know, when you're being told that you got to do this, you know, but like, you know, that there's gonna be a reward in the end, kind of like, eh, do I want to do it? But once you start actually like staying committed to doing it and staying consistent, it really is just beyond like rewarding in the end because you get to see that more people are interacting with your content and people are actually following you because they genuinely care about what you're posting and you also make new friends that way too yeah 100 i've made so many amazing friends like you and just i just it's so crazy i feel like i have more friends like on instagram than i do yeah. in real life but yeah. i love mm-hmm. it <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I, I think the rave community is just so welcoming and like compared to I would say like other parts of Instagram like I w- would say the rave community is just everybody is super nice and it's easy to make a friend with someone who's also into like EDM and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get some trolls but in the trolls that I get aren't ravers. Yeah yeah. You're always going to have someone that's hating on you, but I mean, it's showing that you're doing something right. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I love um, this podcaster. Her name's Amy Porterfield. I've mentioned her before on the podcast, but she recently just had an episode um, about like online bullies and like trolls. And she mentioned no one no one that's more successful than you will ever leave a mean comment. Like the only people that yeah. are leaving mean comments are people who aren't on your level. So if someone's exactly. on your level or above you, like they will never leave a mean comment. That is so true. That's absolutely correct. I love mm-hmm. that. So where can everyone find you? Drop your socials. 
Um, so my personal is Drizzy Drizzy Jade, which is D R I Z Z Y and then J J A D E. Um, and then my business account is Drizzy Thread, so D R I Z Z Y and Threads T H R E A D S and then Apparel. Um, so you can find me on there. I'm definitely a lot more um active on my personal than I am on my business. Um. But I'm going to try to be better on my business this year. If not, then I'm hiring, definitely hiring someone to like handle my social media for it. Yeah, for sure. I totally, it's, I had a VA and mm-hmm. I recently, since I left my nine to five, I had more time to, and now mm-hmm. it's still on the back burner. So it's something <laughs> that I need to work on myself, but mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> oh you so much for coming on the podcast I love you so much and I cannot wait to see all the growth that you have it's just the beginning of course thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed just like sitting here and like just talking and like talking about my business and that kind of stuff yeah anything I can do to support you I will so oh what a great conversation thank you Jade for coming on the podcast her shop is now open she has some amazing fits for you and your boo I love how Jade said in the conversation that it's a great day to start. I also want to say it's a great day to keep on going, keep on thriving and keep on doing the best that you can. She also mentioned how she wasn't able to afford coaching at the time, but has been wanting to work with me and coach with me and really grow her brand and her audience and her business. I just want to offer to you what you our thinking is what you are going to create in your life. So if you're thinking, I don't have money, I don't have funds, I need to save up, then your brain is going to look for evidence of like, oh yeah, like I don't have money. Oh yeah, I have this bill over here. But if this is something that you truly want, if you truly want coaching with me and to join side hustle school, or even just like invest in other places in your life, either if it's like a fitness coach or doing like a gym membership. And if you're saying that something is too expensive or you can't, afford it, your brain is going to tell you and give you evidence of those things. But if this is something that you truly want, if you really do want to change your life with coaching and having a mentor, the question you need to ask yourself is, how am I going to find money? Am I willing to go out to find money to make my dreams come true? And I didn't have that money at that time. Like I put it on my credit card and not saying you need to put stuff on your credit card and create debt for yourself, but there's always good debt and bad debt. But go ahead, you can sell things. Maybe do Uber Eats. Like you can do babysitting. Like you can create as much money as you want in your life if you truly believe that you can make money. So that's what I have for you today, Party Squad. I will see you next week. I love you guys so much. Just remember that you can keep doing amazing things. And this is just the beginning for you. And I know that you were made to do hard things. All right. I'll see you next week, Party Squad. Love y'all. I'll see you same time, same place. Bye. Party, party, party. party.